we are actually starting a new series, and it's called Going Deeper. Everyone say, Going Deeper. That's it. That's right. We're going deeper into the Bible, which is called the Word of God in this series. And so this is the first of a three-week series. I think it's very relevant to dads here. Going deeper. The question is, what do we build our life on? And Jesus actually spoke in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 25. Jesus spoke these words. This is a paraphrased version of what Jesus spoke. And he said this. He says, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not like shake and stir, just add it into your pocket kind of words. They're not just homeowner improvements to your standard of living. In other words, this is how I'm living. And yeah, you can make a few tweaks on it, God, but ultimately I'm the one that decides how I'm going to live my life. It's not that, but they are foundational words, words to build a life on. He said, if you work these words into your life, it's like working fertilizer or working mulch into the soil. As you work it into your life, you are like a smart carpenter or a good builder who built his house on a solid rock. Who knows that that is a good idea to build on solid ground? He says, rain poured down and the river flooded, even a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to a rock. It was fixed to something solid. You know what Jesus said? The storms in life will come, no doubt, to one degree or another. You're experiencing a storm, an emotional, physical, financial, relational storm in your life. But Jesus' promise is that you will be immovable if you build your life on something immovable, something really strong. And I've been thinking about piling lately. Not like piling your clothes into a pile like some parents are thinking about right now in their laundry, but piling is a construction term. And what happens is if you, you, you normally want to build on land that is nice and like the land in Perth is great, nice and solid, but you never want to build on something like a swamp because you want to build on stable ground, not ground that's shiftable. But what you can do with piling is you can actually take swampland, you can even build on water, you can build on strata that is unsteady by doing what's called piling. And piling is when you drill right down through the sediment, through the layers, down to bedrock, something so much more solid. And when you put a concrete pile or pole down and you put many on them down, they're like stilts in the ground. And they they pierce through the swampy stuff and they get to the the rock, the hard stuff, and then you're able to build something on solid ground, even though it looks like a swamp. You know, sometimes in our own life, we can feel unstable. We can feel like we look at our life, we're like, looks a bit like a swamp. It feels out of control. If you've got kids, if you're at uni, I don't know, whatever's going on, we, we can all feel out of control sometimes. Like my land, how do I build something solid with my life? Well, the secret is piling. The secret is to go deeper. The secret is to go down and build your life on something that will never pass away, and that is the Word of God. And so what we want to do in this series is inspire you to love the Word, learn the Word, and to live out the Word. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be, having, um, we're going to be sharing about how to understand the Bible, how it can be relevant to our lives, why it can be trusted, how we can hold on to it. Um, but I want to speak tonight about practical ways that we can work it into our life. So a practical way that we can, we can work this word into our life so we can be building on something solid 
to begin with. And I want to start by praying because although I'm speaking tonight, um, we've got many people here that are for the first time, maybe haven't been to church before, but I just want to encourage you to open up the doorway of your heart and go, God, if you're real, all right, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you tonight. So why don't you join me as I pray? Dear Lord God, I thank you that every single person here in this room and watching online is not here by accident, but by your mysterious sovereign intent. And that your invitation to every single one of us, God, is one of love and that you want us to build our life in solid ground. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to me, bring your word alive to us tonight in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Awesome. So Jesus actually noted, he said in John chapter 6, verse 63, he said, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said, he lived 2,000 years ago, he said, the words I speak to you, they're not just words, they are spirit. And that word spirit in the original was, was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word is called pneuma. Everyone say pneuma. 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 <laughs> pneuma. And pneuma is hard to translate into English, but really what it means is it's like the breath of God. And not only does it mean the breath of God, but, but what accompanies the breath of God is the power of God that enables that word to be fulfilled. So it's the breath of God and the words that God speaks also have the power behind it to back it up to see that that word will come true. And the breath of God, the words that Jesus speak, pack a powerful punch in our lives and it's transformative in our lives. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 talks about how the Word of God is living and active. It's something that is alive. Have you seen the ring on the Lord of the Rings? And how the ancient script around the ring, it kind of, it kind of it comes alive. It's like this gold. It, the Word of God is like that. It, it, is, it is living. The Word of God is living. It's active. It's active in your life. It's not dormant. It's looking for how it can help. How, how can it improve your life? How can it help to set you free? It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What does that mean? It's like a scalpel. It's like when you go to the doctors, I don't know if anyone's had surgery, but if you get a scalpel, it can be, have a healing thing to cut away the bad stuff and it can, it, can cut, it can actually be a healing thing in our lives. This is what the Word of God does. It cuts through the facades that we put in front of people. We're like, we, we can pretend even pretend to ourselves. Sometimes we don't know ourselves, but the, the Word of God, the Bible can actually cut through and go, ah, oh, this is, and, and it's not to condemn, but actually to lead us into freedom because the Word that God speaks leads us into freedom. So the Bible is alive. It's not just information, but it has the power of transformation in our lives. When we get the Bible, it's not ink on a page, it has the power to transform us on the inside. And so, how do we make ink on a page come alive to us? Well, there's one ingredient that we need to, to do. To, 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 to turn the Bible from being just ink on a page, just a good story, into being alive for us. There's one ingredient, and that one ingredient that we need to mix the Word of God with is something called faith. Something called faith. Faith is an attitude, a supernatural, that you, as you read it, and it will activate the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 and the message says this. It says, it says we, received, we received the same promises as those people in the wilderness. There's a bunch of people called the Israelites, God's people. They traveled through the wilderness and God spoke to them through his, his word. 
So this is saying that we have the same access to the word or the promises as they did, but the promises or the word didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promise with faith. In other words, they had the Bible, they had the word of God, but they didn't mix it with faith. Have any of you ever used Araldite glue before? You know Araldite glue, the bit where you, you need to mix? Um, I, I love watching Dad use Araldite glue when I was younger. He'd, something would break again and he'd get to the drawer and he'd pull out Araldite glue. And what it is, is it's like two tubes of a certain type of, type of super glue and it, was, it wasn't that effective on their own. But when you squeeze it out into that bit of cardboard paper and you got the match and you began to stir it all up together, it would activate something in the superglue. And that superglue became powerful to the point where I lost many layers of skin as my fingers would, would be superglued together and lots of layers would be yeah, taken away from my fingers as I tried to separate them. And so it's, it's in the mixing of the glue that actually activated the power of the glue. And it's the same deal when it comes to the Word of God. When we take the ink or the Word of God and we mix it with our faith, it actually becomes powerful in our lives and is able to transform us on the inside. And so it's faith that actually activates the power of God in our life. Faith takes what is natural and makes it supernatural in our life. But some of us here might be going, well, I don't have faith. Well, the the good thing is you only need a tiny bit of it for it to work. But, but how, how do I get faith anyway? How do I get faith? Well, there's, there, there's a way that we can actually receive faith, and that is this. Revelation gives birth to faith. Revelation actually gives birth to faith. What is revelation? Well, you know how you're talking to someone and your eyes kind of glaze over? Or someone you're talking to and their eyes glaze over to what you're saying? It's like they're not quite getting it. But then you have that, ah get it moment you're like okay I finally get it yes I get what you're saying or you see them finally they like come alive and they get you you're like thank you I can stop talking now um revelation this is what revelation is it's a a revealing of what is true and an angel actually appeared to Mary who was about to give birth to Jesus the son of God the savior of the world and the angel came to Mary and said this the angel said in Luke chapter 1 verse 30 The angel said, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a a virgin. In other words, Mary heard it, but she didn't quite get it. It didn't quite sink in. And so the angel continued to talk. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Forget this. For the word of God will never fail. And the word of God in this instant was something called the rhema word. Everyone say rhema word. Rhema word. See, the rhema word is different to what's called the logos word. There's a lot of words that I'm using, isn't there? Um, The rhema word of God is different to the logos. The logos word is just the written word of God. It's just recorded. It's there. It's logos. It's the word. But the rhema word is like when the written word comes alive. It actually gives birth to faith in our hearts, and the power of God is released. And so it's revelation that actually gives birth to faith. And then the next question is, is, well, how do I get revelation? How do I get the, ah, moment? All of us want the, ah, get it moment. Like, 
that time when I was younger and I was trying to learn those maths equations, algebra, I was like, boy, sometimes they would be hard to get. And what I'd have to do is I'd just have to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. It didn't make sense until I got the ah moment. And so how do you get revelation? Well, get this. Meditation is what activates your revelation. (laughs) There's a lot of words tonight, isn't there? Meditation is what activates your ah, yeah, I get it now. Is meditation, not like the um meditation, but the, the meditation on God's Word. When we take the time to meditate, to consider, to, if you like, to ruminate. Oh, you know how you ruminate about that person? You're just thinking about that thing, or, or you're just thinking about these things. When you become obsessive, when you ruminate, when you meditate on the Word of God, it creates the garden bed for that, ah, oh, I get it moment. You know, another, another way to describe meditation is like, you've probably heard the analogy of a cow chewing cud, chewing grass. A, a cow will begin to chew grass, begin to grind out the nutrients and make grassy juice in its mouth and it would swallow it. But then it would regurgitate that grass. I oh, know, did I just trigger someone just then? When my kids vomit, it triggers me. So sorry about that. Um, and the cow would, oh, there you go again. Um, it, it, would, it would vomit up the grass into its mouth and it would continue just to, just to chew. And it would do that up to seven times to literally like squeeze every little last bit of green ounce of goodness from that grass because it wanted full benefit from that grass. And this is what God is inviting us into. Not just a passive like, nah, I just read the Bible, no, no, that's good, that's nice. But he wants us to like, nah, chew on and munch on and meditate on and think about and consider what the Word of God says. And one way that we can do that is, is on our own, but also one way that we can do that is, is together. And when we go to what Jaden was talking about called dinner parties, which is our smaller groups that we have every single Thursday night throughout the week. We gather together for some food and fun, but we have a talk about tonight's message during the week. And I was talking to someone during the week. I went and visited a dinner party in Perth here on Thursday night, and we were hanging out together. And this guy said to me that he loves it when he can come together in a room, and he's had so much revelation. God has spoken to him as I've been able to meditate and look at and consider what the Word of God has said. And it it provides the, the garden bed of revelation the, oh, great, I get it, which gives birth to faith. And that is how we can pull the Word of God and make it living in our lives, is to meditate on it. The Bible says, don't let the book of the Lord depart, but meditate on it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Who wants to be prosperous and successful like harmony? Fig tree or something. Um, uh, Bethany, thank you. Well, do you know what? Meditate. On the, on the Word of God. Get it in you and you can plumb the depths and get your piles on down to the bedrock so you can build your life on something solid. And so there's three things that we need to do, practical tips about what we need to do with the Word of God. That was how to let the Word become alive for you. But then now I want to give us just three ways that we can, how we can work the Word of God into our life. And the first thing that we need to do is this. This is a little bit controversial. But let me tell you, it is number one to accept the authority of God's Word. 
to accept the authority of the word of God is authoritative into our life. God is the one that created this world. So God wrote the instruction manual about how all this works. It's a bit weird if the creator thing goes, no, this is how I work actually. This part was made for this. X, y. No, no, no. What, what do you do when you get a car or something? you have a problem with your vacuum cleaner? You go to the instruction manual and hopefully the one who designed it has made an accurate enough instruction manual for you to fix the problems or know how to get the most out of the machine. And the Bible is our instruction manual of how we can know God and how we can live and get the maximum out of life. And so number one is to accept the authority of God's Word. And you know what? There's a great coach called Malcolm Blight. Anyone know Malcolm Blight? He was the coach of the, the Brisbane Lions when they won their three-peat premiership run in the early 2000s. And I heard someone the other day talk about Malcolm Blight and what his mantra would be with his players. And there's, there's three things that he would tell his, his teams. He'd say, what you need to do is three things. One... You need to know your role on the field. You need to know it. What is your role? Okay, I know my role. And the other thing you need to do is to perform your role. Okay, let's, okay, let's do that. Know your role and then perform your role. But he realized that he wasn't quite getting through, so he added a third thing in there. It was know your role and then it was accept your role. And then you can perform your role. Because if you like... If you're anything like me, sometimes you don't like to be told what to do. And if you're, if you're like a, a forward, you, you think that you just deserve the cameras to be on you as you're running down the 50 like Franklin and you're, you just want to score a, a goal and get all the glory and run down. It's like, yeah, I'm amazing. If that's what you want, but you're told to go on the back line in defense where there's no cameras often. And you're like, oh, okay, well, okay, I'll know my role and I'll perform my role, but I don't really accept it. So I'm just going to go down there and do my defensive thing and... It's, it's like you can perform it, but, but it was the acceptance of it that made all the difference to their performance because these players would go, okay, I accept it. My coach has got the bigger picture. He knows how it all works together. I'm going to accept the authority of my coach and I'm going to do it. And they perform so well. Three Pete, know your role, accept your role and perform your role. And it's the same deal with us with the Word of God. With our coach, if you like, our life coach, the ultimate life coach. Not like a 17-year-old, which is like, I'm a life coach. Um, but, but God, he actually wants to coach us through life. He says, here's your instruction, man. You know your role, perform your role, but you've got to accept my word as authoritative in your life to get the most out of it. And you know what? The truth is, the truth is that sometimes it won't make sense. Sometimes the Bible doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me sometimes. A lot of it does, but some of it doesn't. But does that mean that I don't therefore go to it? Well, my, I don't really understand everything that happens in my digestive system either. Does that mean I'm not going to eat? No. I am going to eat some barbecued sausages out there later on. You don't have to understand. It doesn't all have to make sense for you to get the most out of it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. It says, Therefore... We never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, he didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. He didn't think of it as just like, oh, it's just a good book. But you accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work. It continues to work in you who believe. The word of God wants to work in your life. It's alive. It wants to get to work in you. It wants to set you free. It wants to... 
It really wants you to be free of everything that inhibits you to be who God has designed you to be. He's done a phenomenal creation in your life and he wants to set you free through the word of God. And, and sometimes what we need to do is actually approach the word of God a bit like a crossword. A bit like a crossword. Now, how is that related to the Bible? Does anyone love crosswords? Put up your hand if you like. <laughs> I know Norm is liking crosswords in this phase of his life. Um, and so I've heard this really great analogy, and that is when you're doing a, a crossword or you're attempting one, you begin to fill out the questions. You're like, yeah. I reckon they just give the easy ones first, maybe number one or something. It's like, yeah, I'm doing good. Woo! And then you get to like the third or fourth word and you, you hit a wall. You're like, how is anyone going to ever know that? Especially pre-Google. I mean, you, you want to do crosswords not with Google, but my goodness, if, if you hit a brick wall... What do you do? You don't throw the whole crossword out, but you just go, you know what? Rather than throwing it all out, I'm just going to press pause on that one. I'm going to skip, and I'm going to go to the next question and the next question. And, and you know, as you answer each question, then what happens is that word that was blank, characters begin to fill in the blanks. And over time, as you go through your crossword, it becomes pretty clear what the answer is. And sometimes in our walk with God, we hit up against some roadblocks, some areas where you're like, yeah. Um, but as you just press pause on that and you begin to continue to go then eventually sometimes as happened to me then things can become clear and sometimes it might not all become clear but we've just got to trust God in the gaps and so God wants us to be not not to be driven by the what the world says or what the latest culture is because culture will change every 10 years culture is perpetually changing with the winds and the waves and the convictions of one generation will be contrary to the convictions of the next one and they'll dispose of and 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 put to the side what the previous generations had convictions around but you know what the world might change and the culture might change but the word of God never changes who God is never changes he's always loving he always wants the best for us and so if we are going to build our life in something solid we're not in, we're invited by God not to build our our lives on the shifting sands of culture what's going to be what's going to be the latest thing tomorrow I'm not sure but he invites us to build our lives on the ever changing on the never changing word of God for every season and so the first thing we need to do is to accept the authority of God's word don't worry the next two will be a bit quicker and the second thing we need to do to get the most out of the Word of God, to work it into the soil and the bedrock of our lives, is to assimilate the Word of God into our lives. Now, when you go to a country, the best way to get the most out of a country is to kind of assimilate yourself into it. And so when I've been to, did that make, was that a really good picture? This is what assimilation is in mime language. Um, and so we've got to assimilate ourselves into the culture. And so whenever I've been to India, I've been there like eight times, then I begin to learn the language. And I know a little bit of um, Namaste, Afghanamgya, hey, I'm Shafin, hey, Tika, Chaka, and maybe I begin to even do a bit of this. Hey? I, I just, you just find yourselves about three weeks in, I'm like, when I take a team, they're like, you did it, you did it. I'm like, oh, I did, so I did. Um, when I've been to Papua New Guinea before, 
Um, been up there in, in the highlands in Oro province of, of Papua New Guinea. Took a plane to Port Moresby and another one to a place called Papandera and another one to a grass airfield on a 45 degree angle. Somehow, miraculously, we landed that thing. Then we did the two hour trek through the jungle and I stayed in huts with these people for like two weeks. And it was awesome. And so for two weeks, I kicked off my shoes and I walked the trails, which were pretty close to the Kokoda Trail. I ate like they did and, and, and it was great. And so what, what we need to do with the Word of God to get the most out of it is to assimilate it into every part of our life. Not just our Sundays, but our Mondays as well. He want, we, God, God actually wants to speak into your marriage. He wants to speak into your relationships. He wants to speak into your finance. He wants to speak into your work. He wants to speak into your ambitions and your desires, into every part of your life. And the invitation by God is not just to know about it over there, but to invite the Word of God to assimilate into every single part of our lives. And we can do that by listening to it, by reading it. And then finally, number three, we need to apply it. We need to apply the Word of God. You know what? There's no use having sunscreen if you don't apply it. So good. I got the 30 plus. What number are we up to these days? These days? 50, 75 tomorrow, 50, 60 gone once. Um, it, there's no use bringing sunscreen with you if you don't apply it. You can feel secure because you've got your sunscreen in your pack over here. You can feel all armed up and ready. I've got my Bible. I know my Bible. But you know what? There's a book in James that actually says, don't just listen to it. Don't just carry it around like sunscreen, but Live it. Act on it. Put, put it on. Put the sunscreen on. Wear it. Live it. And it says, don't deceive yourselves into thinking it's make a difference just because you know about it. You can know all the ingredients of the SV 15 plus, 30 plus, 50 plus. You can know all the details about it, what color the packaging, where it was made, everything. You can know all about it. But if you don't simply just squirt it and use it then then you can deceive yourself into thinking that you're wearing it when you're not actually it's not making any difference but when you take even one key truth of scripture one key truth like for example one key truth is God is love that's the truth of God's word you can believe it or not but what we need to do is take it and apply it and go okay maybe I'm going to meditate on that truth for a while is it really? I'm going to chew on that. And as I chew on that, it becomes revelation. And when you mix it by faith, it becomes living and it will change your life forever. There's been many times in my life that I've gone gold digging. You know, the Word of God speaks into every single part of our life. And what God invites us to do is to go, to go mining, to go digging, to go looking for key truths in Scripture. Google is a really helpful tool. But... The Word of God will speak into every situation in your life. I want to encourage you during this week as well, no matter what you're going through, whether it's anxiety, again, whether it's future, work, regret, anything in your life, you can go to the Word of God. It has something to speak into it. And God's agenda is to bring you freedom and healing and to lift you up and to carry carry you forward. And the Word of God has spoken to me many, many, many times throughout my life. And, and, um, And one time... Actually, just, just to share with us, just for a couple more minutes. One time where God really spoke to me was, um, it was about 2005, and I was actually considering 
going, flying all the way to America to sort of uh, meet up with this girl that I was interested in developing a relationship with. And um, I was kind of praying about it and talking about it with God. But what I was doing is in my regular time that I was spending with God, it was like a meal, like a regular meal. Every day I had a plan. And as I was reading the Bible at, at one stage, I remember at the end of a particular chapter, there were these words that were spoken. It says, Abraham buried his wife in a permanent burial place. So that's, that's pretty emphatic. And, and, and what, I, what I felt that, that God spoke to me through that is in the same way that Abraham, after his wife had passed away, it was like God just whispered to me. And he said, I want you to bury the idea of this person being your wife permanently. I'm like, oh, okay. So I caught her up and said, hey, God, God told me to bury you. So... Uh, <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> it, was, it was much more very gentle. Um, and, and so I did. In, in response to God, my coach, I didn't understand the big picture. Okay, coach, I accept it. I accept that. And then the crazy thing is the very next day, the next reading was all a whole chapter in the Bible that spoke about how God led someone to find a wife for Isaac. And there was a description of this of this wife called Rebecca, and it said that she was beautiful. It said that she she put God first, and it said that she was willing to go wherever God would lead her, leave her. She's willing to leave her homeland to go with, with Isaac back to where he come from, a different land. And and I felt like God spoke to me in that moment and said, "Well, you've buried her. Well, I have someone for you, tailor made for you, who's beautiful." He's going to put me first and who's willing to go on this adventure to follow God with you. And then that was back in 2005. And it was a couple of years later that Jess and I rekindled our friendship and we got married. And I can tell you, Jess is beautiful. She puts God first. Come on. And let me tell you. And it's an emergency. All right, here we go. Well, I, th I think this is... I think we probably need to respond to this, possibly. Let's, should we pause and see? It's a smoke alarm. Oh, from the barbecue. I'm guessing that probably due to OH&S, should probably respond to this. So I'm going to pray, finish there. So the long story short is trusting God and He's going to change your life. Amen. Awesome. So I'm going to finish off by prayer. And this is an early exit out there to the barbecue. So dear God, thank you. For you're doing in our life, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everyone give God a hand and the team a hand. And let's go out there and enjoy a barbecue.